Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin', and today... We're going to talk about a place that has been an Omaha favorite since it opened as Dairy Suite in 1969. Now, if you drive by this place in Elkhorn anytime in the spring, summer, or fall, you're likely to see a line of 20-plus people outside of it. But everyone is more than willing to wait because the quality of the ice cream is just that spectacular. That's right. We're talking about Dairy Chef. And to do so today, I have General Manager Michael Osmond Jr. with me. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me on. So, obviously, with Dairy Chef, we have to start with ice cream. Absolutely. In your mind, what makes your product different than anything else you'll find in Omaha? Slash Elkhorn. I guess, technically, Elkhorn, so I should mention that. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, one of the things that is very different about ice creams and ice cream mixes is a lot of people, there's a lot of different bases that you can use, a lot of companies now they try and go with a cheaper product which is more of like a water-based product that they mix with powders or just there's just not very much cream in them well we use real ice cream so like the first ingredient in our ice cream is going to be cream so there's the actual creamy based ice cream and then a lot of the way that you can make your ice cream better is the way you have your machine set up a lot of people pump too much air into their machines and so that will give them more profit because they put more air into it but it doesn't make it as creamy of an ice cream so there's a fine line of no, of having a type of mix that you like and then a, of how you set your machine up. And so we kind of found that sweet spot, you know, back when we first started. And uh, that's just kind of where we've ran since. So I, I just I love that that soft serve. It just it creates such a smooth, creamy product. And like you mentioned, like. I, I think that's something that most people don't understand is just how much air you put into ice cream affects the texture so much. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, like you could probably save some money if you incorporated more air and maybe people wouldn't notice even as much if you did that, but it would affect the quality of the product. Right. I, I love that you guys go that extra step. Um, a theme that I think we're going to hit on a lot during this discussion is nostalgia mm-hmm. because Dairy Chef really is just a nostalgia bomb from the yeah. decor to to the menu. I, I mean, when you look at the menu, it's it's ice cream cones, it's floats, it's malts, it's banana splits, it's dipped cones. These are like comforting classics that are really reminiscent of like a, you know, like a 1950s, 60s drive-in yep. or a soda fountain. To you, how do these items like, they're not only like menu items, but do they like evoke some kind of emotion, do you think? 
You know, it's one of those things where we just love that small town feel. You know, I, I grew up in Elkhorn. I've been there for over 30 years. And so we grew up going to the Dairy Chef. And you just always have, every time you, every time you drive through any small town and you see a small local ice cream shop, you think, oh, that's cool. They've got that small local ice cream shop. And uh, so when we, when we bought the Dairy Chef, we, we wanted to keep that. You know, even though we're Omaha and, you know, we've grown into, you know, a really big city, we wanted to keep that small town feel. We wanted to keep that local community environment. And that's part of the reason I love, uh, you know, when you go outside, you know, we have just a bunch of picnic tables and we have a big grass area in the back. And it's just fun to see people sitting all around. Maybe they're sitting on the tailgate of their vehicle. Maybe they're sitting on a picnic table. They're sitting on a blanket in the grass. And so we wanted to keep that small town feel because we just like that little slice of small town in a big city. And yeah, I, I think that there's such a, there, there's such a strong sense of just community and nostalgia when you eat at Dairy Shop. Mm-hmm. There's something about like ordering at the window and then yep. just going and sitting at the picnic table and waiting until your order comes out and your number is called. It's hard to like put your finger on exactly how it works. I was actually just chatting with our producer, Dylan, before we hopped on the mics here. And it's like, even if you've never eaten at Dairy Chef, mm-hmm. the first time you go it feels familiar. And yeah. I don't really know how to describe yeah. that, but there's just something to that. I get, what do you think about that space just engenders that like communal familiar atmosphere? I honestly, I wish I could tell you, and I just don't know. I mean, it is, it's just something that's been that way for a long time. And, and I'm always amazed at how many people are there and willing to wait in line. I mean, it's, you've seen that line. It gets crazy long sometimes, and I, I'll be inside, and I'll see it. I'll be like, oh, man, that is a lot of people. And I, I'm always blown away. We're, we're, we're super blessed and blown away that people are willing to wait. And, we, you know, we're always working as fast as we can to try and get through it. And we have a, it's a small space in that building, so we don't have a ton of room. And so we're doing the best we can to get people through it, and we appreciate that everybody does it. And I, I just I can't really put a, a finger on you know, why it's that, that just that kind of vibe and that kind of feeling of why people love it for that aspect. I mean, we love that people love it. Like, that's what we want. We want people to want to come and hang out. It's not one of those places where you feel like you have to get in there, get your stuff, and get out. Like, it's one of those places where it's, it's become more of a, like, you know, just that hangout where, you you know, you show up, you, you wait, you get your stuff, and then you sit and hang around. And a lot of people, you know, talk to people they don't know and meet new people and, it's just that cool, just kind of hangout vibe, and it's it's just something you just don't find very often anymore, especially in a in a big city type place. I would agree with that a hundred percent. And just to be very clear, like most places, yeah, if I pull up and I see a line of twenty five mm-hmm. people, I'm gonna be like, eh, oh, maybe, maybe another day. I'm the same way. You guys move through the line very quickly. Like, yes, that like the sight of a long line mm-hmm. is initially intimidating, but you guys are very quick and very efficient. At least you have been on every visit I've been to, which I've been coming to Dairy Chef for 20, 25 years. Yeah. So I just want to make that note for anyone who's listening. Yeah. They're like, oh, I don't want to I mean, the that. line, when you see the line, it is very intimidating. You think, oh, man, I'm going to be waiting a long time. But we have gotten a lot better at getting through it really fast. And a lot of it is due to staffing. You know, that's one of the biggest issues in just the restaurant industry in general right now for people is staffing. And we've been able to staff pretty well for the past couple of years. And so as long as we can keep our staffing good enough, we're usually pretty good at getting through it as fast as we can. It, it usually, if you see that long line, it's usually not as long as you think. Usually we're going to get you through real quick, and then you're not going to be even be waiting that long to get your stuff. It's usually a lot faster than it looks. So, Also, if you pull up to a restaurant or an ice cream shop or coffee shop, whatever it is, and there's a long line, yeah. that's usually a good sign. Yep. That means oh, yeah. there's a good product that people are worth uh, that, that's well worth yeah. waiting for. People are 
willing to wait for. That's yep. the word I was looking for. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit Piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it. Beef bacon. It'll change your life. Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. The size of your offerings. Like, that you call your ice cream cones cones is, like, almost disingenuous. These things are more like towers. They are big. They are enormous. And the same goes for the storms. The same goes for Mm -hmm. really everything on your menu. And I think this kind of goes back into something we already touched on earlier in that you probably could make a little bit more money mm-hmm. if you went with smaller sizes or charge more money for sure. the large sizes. Like if, if someone like if a financial professional looked at, you know, your business model, they'd probably say, well, just make the cones 20% smaller, 30% right. smaller. You'd make more money, but yeah. you guys don't do that. No. You, you are, you make these monster cones, right. these monster creations. What is the strategy behind just serving these just, beautiful monstrosities i mean we we never want to short somebody on product like we're not the type that's going to try and you know penny pinch and you know scrounge on just the smallest little bits you, we don't want somebody to leave hungry you know we always want that's to make not sure. happening yeah, at Dairy exactly <laughs> and, and we you know we want people to get their money's worth and we we try to charge accordingly you know we try not to we're not trying to overcharge people but we're not trying to you know undercharge you know so we we, we make profit but we the last thing we want to do is, you know, have you come order a, you know, a medium cone and it's, you know, like two inches tall. Like, that's just not us. Like, we, we want to make sure everybody gets that, that big cone. And, and then when people see that cone, you know, people walk out with it and they see it and they're like, oh, my word, look at how big that cone is. And that's just part of the, that's part of the fun. You know, we love that people see that and think, oh, man, that is a giant cone. Where else can you get a giant cone like that? You know, so it's just something that we started when we, when we, took it over 10 years ago right away. We were just like, you know what? We, we're going to make sure we give people a good product and a good portion. We're not going to be those people that are going to be measuring every single cone, making sure the ounces on everything is exact. We try and make it as consistent as possible. But sometimes, every once in a while, you're going to get one that's a touch smaller, and sometimes you're going to get one that's way too big. Uh, <laughs> but we try to do our best to, to control it. But, you know, we definitely are just trying not to, you know, send out little products unless it's, you know, like, like a kitty cone, but even our kitty cones are pretty big. Yeah. Like most of our cones are about a size or a size and a half bigger than what another place would be. So like our kitty cone is more like a small cone at a different place. And we go all the way up to our tower, which is, you know, about a foot tall. So it's, it's a giant. So exactly. And the same goes for your storms, which is your version mm-hmm. of, uh, the blizzard. Of, yeah, the yep. blizzard mix in. Yep. I mean, my wife is just an enormous fan of M&M's. Love oh, yeah. M&M's. The last time that we came in, she I mean, she always gets an M&M storm. Mm-hmm. And she got a small. And she actually, like, didn't finish it. She was yeah. like, there's just too many M&M's in here. And so, yeah. of course, I polished it up because we're not going to leave M&M's fine. But, like, yeah. it's just it's things like that that I think make Dairy Chef special. And that, that like, that's a memory now. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I have memories going back to when I was 10, 11, 12 years old of it was a special thing to go to Dairy Chef because I yeah. knew, you know, D- Dairy Queen or like, you know, some of the chains, they were fun too. But like when we went to Dairy Chef, it was an experience. It wasn't just getting ice cream. It was something that was like looked forward to and cherished. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that really kind of differentiates you guys from really any competitor, I think. And that's something that, you know, we take pride in. You know, we don't want to be compared to anybody else. You know, we want to be the dairy chef. We don't want to be, you know, the ice cream shop that's, you know, kind of like the other one or kind of like the other one. Like, we want to be different. We don't want to be, you know, we're one of a kind. And and that's part of the reason why, you know, we haven't we haven't even opened any other locations or anything. Because, you know, it's, it's a lot to repeat. And, you know, right now, you know, if you want dairy chef, you're going to dairy chef. You're not going to... Dairy Chef over here, Dairy Chef over here. It's just there's just the one here in Elkhorn that we really we really try and put everything we can into. And, you know, like you said with the the storms, you know, we put a lot of candy in our storms. You know, most places you go and you get a, a blizzard or a concrete or whatever it is, like there's not much candy in it. And we're like, no, we're going to put a bunch of candy you in there. You guys back the dump truck yep. up. <laughs> and we, we actually have some people that will ask us if we can put half the amount in. Like if we've had people that will ask for less, which is okay, and we're fine with that. But we're not going to short you on candy. If you're coming to get a storm, you want an M&M storm, we're going to make sure there's plenty of M&Ms in there for you. So. I love that. Uh, so I am really, really fascinated to get into your background here because I think it's going to be really interesting. But before we do that, I want to give a quick shout-out to one of my awesome sponsors, and that is Lone Tree Foods. How, dear listener, would you like to order the same ingredients that chefs are using at your favorite restaurants? That's exactly what Lone Tree Foods allows you to do. Nebraska's local food distributor is where many restaurants get their produce, meats, mushrooms, oils, and more. It connects small farms and food producers to restaurants, stores, schools, and you. That's right. All these awesome ingredients are available to you. I had never used microgreens in any of my cooking before encountering Lone Tree Foods, but now my wife and I have been incorporating this spicy mix of greens from Robinette Farms, and it just takes a pop of flavor, brings things right to the next level. I highly encourage you to check this place out. Visit LoneTreeFoods.com to start purchasing restaurant-quality ingredients and upping your cooking game today. And now, back to my guest. All right, so I want to get back into uh, the history a little bit. Your family moved to Elkhorn in 2001, and we actually moved there in uh, 91. 91. Yep. I apologize. Yep. I've got my got my research wrong. Uh, yep. But you you purchased the uh, Dairy Chef in 2013, but I, w- yep. I want to go back before that. Yeah. You guys were Dairy Chef regulars for mm-hmm. many, many years. Yep. What are your memories of Dairy Chef growing up before you guys purchased it, just going there and experiencing it? Yeah, I mean, so I grew up playing Little League Baseball. And uh, I we that was one of the biggest things was after a baseball game going up and getting Dairy Chef ice cream. And still to this day, we still have the same thing. We see tons of baseball, softball, soccer, doesn't matter the sport. You know, all the sports teams come up. And that was what I did as a kid. We used to always go after baseball games. Um, there used to be a bowling alley right next door. Uh, and we used to go up to the bowling alley. And uh, you could, in the summertime, they had a, a kid's rewards program at the bowling alley. And that was at Sempex Bowling Alley. And... Uh, we, you could go bowl two games a day for free. Each The kids could if you were, like, under the age of, like, 13 or 14 or something like that. And uh, so, you know, even then we'd go up, go bowling, and then go to Dairy Chef right next door. And Dairy Chef's just always been there. It's just something we've been going to for a long time. And, and honestly, I, I didn't even know, but my dad 
years ago had wanted to buy a Dairy Chef and uh, missed an opportunity on it. And then when it came back for sale in 2013, that my dad, the second he saw it was for sale, jumped on it. And that was when we decided to dive into it. So Was that a discussion that you guys had as a family? Or did he no. just all of a sudden come to you and be like, hey, guess what? I was, yeah, so I was... I was graduating college, so I was just finishing my last semester of college that spring, and uh, so I was uh, in the process of doing some job interviews and and kind of starting off for a career, and they decided they wanted to buy that, and so they asked me to come work for them, and so I was like, all right, well, I guess we'll go with that, and that's where I've been ever since, so. What was that feeling like for you? Because I'm sure there was there's shock, there's surprise at some point, yeah. at some level, there's a, like a lot of excitement, there's probably also like, hey, I'm you know, I've been kind of carving out my own path. Yep. What, what were the emotions running through your head? It was, you know, it was different because I, I had worked, uh, I worked at one restaurant, re- one restaurant, uh, before that, just in high school. And so I really hadn't worked much in the restaurant industry. And my dad, he worked at, uh, an Arby's way back in like the eighties. Like that was his, his experience with the restaurant. Otherwise my dad has always loved to cook. He's a really good cook, loves to cook stuff, and done a lot of catering over the years. And uh, so when he decided that he wanted to buy a Dairy Chef, and I just like, all right, well, let's, you know, I'm in. And uh, it was a totally different experience for me just because I didn't really have a whole lot of experience in, in a restaurant. And, you know, we just really didn't expect it to be as busy as it is, to be honest. We really didn't. Uh, we thought it was going to be something that, would be we could do well at, but not something that we were going to be doing, you know, like crazy full time, like nonstop for you know seven months out of the year, and uh, so it was it's it was a lot of different emotions just through the whole experience, but it was good, and it's just it's turned into something way more than we ever expected. So that's it's a pretty cool experience. Mm-hmm. In my research, I I found a quote that you gave, um, I believe it was in a TV interview. Uh, you said, we didn't try to change a lot about Dairy Chef. There are still some things here that have been the same way for 50 years. Now, I love that you and your fam- I know you and your family love Dairy Chef the way that it was. Mm-hmm. But anytime you become a part of something, like you want to leave your fingerprints on it. You want to make an yep. impact. You want to affect it. So how do you and your family, as you take over Dairy Chef, how do you determine the things that are like, this is what we love about Dairy Chef. These are the things that cannot change versus these are things that can be improved. These are processes that can be updated a little bit. What was that balance like for you guys? Well, it's, it's one of those things where you got to kind of find the, the things that do well and the things that don't. You, know, you got to find the things that people like, especially when you're taking over a business that has been there for a really long time. It's, you got to make sure you keep the things that people like and the things that that aren't selling well or don't do well, those are the kind of things that, you know, let's find something different and try something different and see if we can find something else that people like. Um, so there's a couple items that have been at the Dairy Chef for a really long time. And the ice cream is still pretty much the same for the most part. We only change a little bit on that. Uh, but food-wise, there's a couple items like the original pizza burger and the pork tenderloin that have been there for decades. In the first year that we bought it, we actually got rid of them and there was a lot of angry people. And so we ended up bringing them back. And that was one of the things that we figured out that's something that people want. So we're going to keep it. Uh, and so it's just, it's, it's a weird thing trying to make your mark on something that's been there for decades um, and trying to keep as much the same as you can. Um, so it's, it's different and it's something that we still strive to try and do as it is. Um, 
but the dairy chef is just uh, I don't even know how to describe it anymore. It's become more of an attraction. It seems like half half the time. It really is, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's an example of either a menu item or just something that you've added to Dairy Chef that you feel like has brought it up another level? Um, I would say honestly, the two biggest things that we did for our food was we we did fresh hamburgers and we do fresh hand cut fries. Um, pretty much everything that was sold there before was pretty much all frozen products. Um, and so we, we decided we were going to make fresh hamburgers and fresh hand cut fries. And those, you know, that's our biggest sellers in general when it comes to food. And, uh, that was one of the biggest changes we made, but I think it was one of the better changes we made because, you know, we're pretty well known for our burgers and our fries, uh, ice cream, you know, we, we try and keep all those classic staples, you know, like we still have the classic banana split, not a lot of places you can go to where you can find just a good classic banana split. Like that's just not really much of a thing anymore. And, and honestly it is kind of a pain sometimes cause they're kind of a pain to make and trying to make them pretty. It's not, it's not my favorite thing to do, but a lot of the girls that work for us, they love making them. And so that's a, a fun thing for them. They love to make them try, try and make them look really pretty. And, but keeping those, just those classic staple items. And, and also at the same time, you know, we're really good at, like, if somebody wants something specific, like if they want some random item made for ice cream, we'll make it. You know, we're not afraid to make something different. I've had, I had one guy come in one day, and he's like, I like to order weird things around my family. He's like, what, what's, some, what's something weird that we can, some weird combination I can get in a storm? And I was like, oh, I was like, I don't know. And I was like, I can put some bacon in a storm. And so sure enough, he's like, put some pineapple in there, chocolate ice cream, and I can't remember what else, one other item. And so it's just a madman. Yeah. And so <laughs> I was like, all right. So I made this weird storm for him. And he's like, when you bring it out, he's like, say what's in this storm when you bring it out to my family. And so sure enough, that's what I did. I was like, I got a chocolate storm with bacon and pineapple and M&Ms or something like that. And his family looked at him like he was crazy. And he started laughing and he just enjoyed the heck out of it. And he said it was really good. I mean, we have some just weird requests sometimes, but we're like, you know what? If that's what you want, that's your thing, then sure. If, we got, if we've got the product, we'll do it for you. So Now, if someone <clears throat> walked into probably 95, probably even a higher percentage of that, 98, 99% of restaurants and said, just serve me something weird or something crazy, yep. the, the server or whoever is taking the order would look at them like, dude, just place yeah. an order. Like, yep. figure it out yourself. But you guys went that extra mile and you created this mm -hmm. monstrosity for him, which good on him, I guess. Yep. What What do you think that value is in going that extra mile and listening to the customer? Because you don't have to do that. You right. could easily just say, sir, please just place an order. Yeah. But you were like, you know what? We'll do this for you. Mm -hmm. Yes, we'll do it. What's the value in just doing that? Customer service, man. I mean, it will doing something like that for somebody is pretty much guaranteeing that that customer is going to come back because they had a positive experience and they got to have fun and enjoy the experience. And that's what we're all about. And it is, you know, there's times where it is, it is difficult with stuff like that, especially when you're super busy, you know, it's something that's going to slow you down. But, you know, anytime we can, you know, give somebody a great experience, like that's, that's the best thing you can do. That's, that's how you bring customers back. And that's what you want. You want people to come back, you know, two, three times a week. And some, some people do. And that's what we're all about is just trying to make sure the customers have a good experience and really enjoy the time there. Now you mentioned the burgers and fries and, and we focused mostly on ice cream so far, but yes, the food at Dairy Chef is actually 
really good as well. I mean, I went for years and years just getting ice cream. People were like, Dan, you got to get the food. You got to get the food. And so I finally did. I went and didn't get ice cream and got a burger and onion rings and fries. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, this is yeah. – <laughs> people weren't messing around. Yep. But I'm so interested because you talked about making that shift when your family bought mm-hmm. the place. You went from frozen burgers to you're making them fresh. Yep. You went from, I'm assuming, frozen French fries mm-hmm. to hand-cut fries. Yep. Those are kind of like buzzwords that we as customers yep. hear a lot. I don't think that we understand – how big of a shift and how much extra mm-hmm. work yeah. that is. Can it's you kind of pull back the curtain and and just explain, like, making those moves? Those were not small things. Right, yeah. And, and part of the reason that, you know, people use frozen products is because you don't have any waste in. You know, you don't have to worry about stuff going bad and, and making sure that you're not, you know, using it all. And so it, it was it – was, you have to find that balance of, like, how much you need and how much you don't need. And so, like, for us, like – we cut our French fries in, right there in the sh- shop, and then we actually blanch them ahead of time, and then we throw them in the fridge, let them get cold, and then we cook them after that. And so you got to figure out how much you need for, you know, every day. And, like, we go through probably about 150 pounds of potatoes a day. It's pretty normal, sometimes more. Um, and so we're, we're pretty good at making sure we know how much we're going to go through for the next day or two, and that's kind of what we make. And then – you know, another day or two later, we're doing the same process again. Same with the hamburgers. We, you know, we patty so many, um, and then we just, you know, go through them and then go do it all again. And for us, it's, it's we're, at the point we're at now, we go through so much product that it's, you know, we don't, we don't ever really have waste. We're, we, we've gotten it kind of down to a science, and we know how much to prep ahead of time. Because, you know, we're not trying to prep for a week in advance. You know, it's fresh product. You know, you get, you're going a day or two, and then you're, into the next stuff. So it's, it's kind of just learning that balance and, and knowing how busy you are. We track every year, we track every day, how much we go through that day. And so we kind of know at each time of the year, each part of the season, what we're going to go through. And so we look at every year and see if we went through more the year prior, or if we went through less and we'll even track weather, you know, how, how we do on bad weather days. So we're, we, we track a lot of details that a lot of places might not do. But that's just something, you know, that we try and stay on top of because we don't want a bunch of extra inventory, you know, that we know we're not going to go through. It's there's just a lot. There's a lot to a restaurant that people don't really quite understand. It's kind of a science. And and so that's that's one of the things that we we try and do our best to make sure we're on top of all the time. What's another example of something that most people don't understand about a restaurant? It's a lot of work. (laughs) It takes a lot. Um, We have. So, like, our family, we have my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother-in-law, me, and my wife, and one of my best friends. Uh, We are all there working pretty much full-time all the time. So, we have a lot, a lot of us. And and then we have a couple other full-time employees and then, you know, a lot of part-time employees. But it's just, there's a lot going on all the time. And you got to try and spread out the jobs. That's one of the biggest things. You know, every, you got, everybody's got to have their tasks because there's just so much to do. Um, you know, my wife does most of our social media stuff now. I'm, I'm still doing most, a lot of the prep stuff and a lot of cooking uh, along with my, my friend that works there. Uh, my brother-in-law is doing, you know, he's doing scheduling and he's doing uh, a lot of other maintenance and book stuff. My mom does a lot of the book stuff. My dad's kind of doing all kinds of things. He's uh, you know, he's really good at fixing stuff. He was in construction for, you know, 30 years before the dairy chef. So he's, 
constantly fixing things and calling people and getting stuff fixed. I mean, there's a lot of things that can break in a, in a restaurant, and you got to always be prepared for that. And so you either got to know how to fix it or you got to uh, know the right guy to call. And so he's really good at that because he, he's got a lot of different people that he knows that can fix that stuff. And it's just uh, it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of weird details on, on knowing – you know, they, they say one of the biggest things with that restaurants have trouble with, though, is inventory. Uh, a lot of times they they have too much. They order way too much. And so that's when you start going through waste. And when you're just wasting product, you know, that's when you're you're losing money. And so you got to make sure that you keep your inventory at the right level. And, and it all depends on the product, you know. But uh, it's it's just a, it's a different industry, that's for sure. How long did it take for mm. you and your family to start, like, getting some of these processes and some of these learnings that you're talking about now, like how long did it take to start to figure these things out and like iron all that out? It took a couple of years. I mean, it really did. It took, it took probably two, three years to really get stuff ironed out. And and some of it is dependent on where you get your product and who you get your product through. And, and we, we've got a a good relationship with a couple of our, our uh, suppliers and they've worked really hard with us and we really appreciate that. And, uh, because we've had issues even with, you know, just like, you know, getting our ice cream mix from certain places, you know. And uh, so we now we're uh, with uh, Highland Dairy is who we, they make our mix for us. And so we have our own private custom mix that they make for us. And uh, they're an awesome company, really great to work with. Um, and then we, we have another supplier that we use, and they are, they've been, they've, we went pretty much fully with them for the most part about five years ago. And, and they're really good at working with us and making sure we're getting our product. Because that's a really hard thing to get right now in the restaurant industry is product. I mean, even now we still, there's times all of a sudden we just, they'll just be like, yeah, we just don't have it. And it's because they just can't get it because there's so many issues just all over the world with getting product and stuff like that. But so it took, it took a few years to kind of iron out where, like the, the products we want and where we're getting it from. But uh, once we did, we've, got, we've done pretty well at making sure we try and keep it stocked as best as we can, so... I think that right there is one of the things that people don't understand about restaurants the most. And I, I would include myself in that. Even going back to probably the last year, I've started to realize it a lot more in, in doing this podcast and, and talking to more professionals. It's just, A, finding reliable supro- suppliers mm-hmm. that have a good product that you can trust mm-hmm. is really hard. Mm-hmm. And you usually have to find a lot of them because, yeah. especially for you, you've got to find one for beef. You've got to find one for ice cream you've yeah. got to find one for different fruits that you're yeah. putting in ice cream all these different things and now more than ever with supply chain yep. issues like yeah there, there are customers who might not be happy if they show up and you say hey i'm sorry you know you can't order x yeah menu item today and they're and they get upset because yep. that's their favorite but you literally have done everything that you can yeah. and you physically cannot get the product yep i i just I think that it's important to just shine a shine a light on that, and that supplying, even in normal times, mm-hmm. is just such a heavy oh, yeah. part of this industry that is just kind of happens behind the restaurant walls, and people don't see it at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and there's there's certain items that you know are like uh, some of our really popular stuff, uh, and some of it can be hard to get, and so if we know that it's uh, one of our main staples, and it's not something that has like a, a you know a, unstable shelf life we'll we'll find when we can get it and we'll be like we'll take all of it like give it all to us because we know we're going to use it and so we won't just you know get a couple cases of this or whatever we'll be like hey no give us all 25 we'll take it all 
And that's just something to make sure we try and have that product for people. We have it one topping. It's a peanut brittle crunch that we put on our cones and put on our dishes. And some people are obsessed with this stuff. It is, I mean, it's crazy the amount that people love it. And it's a, it can be a hard item to get at times. And we even ran into it this year. I think we actually ran out for a few days because we just weren't able to get it. And then we finally were able to. And we said, how many cases do you got? And they're like, well, we got 25. We said, we'll take all 25. <laughs> and so we, and we store it because it's got, you know, it's, the shelf life on it is, you know, good for years. And so we just were like, we'll take it all. We know we're going to use it. We know people want it, so we're going to get it. So we, we do our best to try and stay on top of that stuff and make sure that if it's something that's a, a main item that we need, we're going to do our best to make sure we get as much of it as we can. Mm -hmm. You mentioned how Dairy Chef is very much a family affair. And I found a quote, I believe this was back in 2014. Your sister, Sarah, back when you guys purchased the restaurant, said, when we decided to take it over, we were going to do it as a family. What has it been like to to work with your family all these years and, and to, to really keep everyone as a part of the operation. <laughs> and it doesn't sound like a lot of people have broken off and gone and done their own things, but it's, it's dairy chef has stayed the Osmond family. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we, it, we're, we were a really close family growing up. Uh, me and my sister actually were both homeschooled. So we were, you know, at home and around our parents all the time. And we always have had a good relationship with our parents and, and with each other. And so we've just, you know, it's, it's made it better. I mean, obviously, you're still going to have things you're going to argue about and have different opinions on. That's just the way it is. But we've always been really good at just sticking through it and just making sure we're getting stuff done. And, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's, we've had a great experience with it and with that. And I don't really see that changing too much. So I think that that probably plays into how Dairy Chef is just like such a family friendly place. And you almost like connect mm -hmm. that with family. I, I honestly believe that there's something about that, that like it's family on the inside and somehow that emanates to the outside and kind of creates that mm -hmm. communal atmosphere that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, getting back to the food real quick. I want to talk about the cheeseburgers. Sure. Because there's like, there's nothing chefy about these cheeseburgers. We're not talking about like all the menu buzzwords, the no. Wagyu beef or no. sriracha aioli or any of that stuff. It is just a well-seasoned, well-cooked burger and it turns out you don't need all the accoutrements and everything just serve me an awesome piece of beef yep. with a good bun with fresh you know lettuce tomatoes all that good mm -hmm. stuff and it's absolutely delicious what is your strategy behind keeping it so simple and just serving something straightforward that's cooked really well people love just classic food i mean like you can go out and make all the fanciest food in the world but when it comes down to it you know 90% of people just want that classic food. And so we're like, we're just going to make a really good cheeseburger. Like, it's just, it's a hamburger with some seasoning on it. And uh, and then we we make sure we use good cheese. You know, we, we were kind of picky on the cheese we picked. So if you're doing cheese, you get good cheese. Another supplier thing, by the yep, way. <laughs> yep, and we, we actually get our cheese uh, from a specific supplier that we don't get as many products from, but they are the ones that carry the cheese. And so we get that cheese from them because we know we can get it through them uh and then it's just the same with with the toppings too you know we we cut our tomatoes we cut our onions we cut our lettuce so it's all fresh you know we me and my dad grew up we loved burgers with shredded lettuce on it we, we weren't big leaf lettuce people so we were like we're gonna do shredded lettuce and so we cut our lettuce you know we sh shred it every day and uh but it's, it's just something about just a classic 
burger that people like. And we still have our variations that have some, you know, different toppings on it, but nothing crazy. You know, we don't, we just don't feel like we need to be a, you know, really crazy fancy type restaurant. And we just, we just want people to be able to come get a really good cheeseburger and a really good fry. And that's just kind of one thing that we went with. We're like, if we can make this just really good, something simple like that, that's what we want to do. So that's what we work at. So You do it very well. Now, I, I will actually, I don't know. I might correct you on one thing you just said. I, I'm not sure because I want to ask this question. When I came in and got the burger, mm-hmm. everybody was just like, oh, love Dairy Chef's burgers, love Dairy Chef's burgers. Mm-hmm. I got several comments that were like, next time you go, you have to get the pizza burger. Get the pizza burger. And you mentioned it earlier. It's yep. something that you took off the menu, you brought back. Mm-hmm. And so I've tried to do some some internet sleuthing. I've mm-hmm. gone on Google Images and looked. Yep. I've gone back through like Instagram posts. And I can't quite like get my hands on exactly what this burger is. So there's no better opportunity than to ask you yourself, what is the pizza burger? So the pizza burger is, it is like, I don't even know how to describe it completely. I've always struggled with it. It is, <laughs> it is a, it's, it's hamburger. It's a hamburger like sausage blend. Uh, and then it has, so it's got like, it's like an Italian sausage. It's right. honestly, like if you really think about it, it's almost like a, a big piece of ravioli is kind of a way to think about it. I guess it's kind of weird. Uh, and it's weird because it's the way that people get all the toppings on it too, because so it's a fried patty. So it's, it's made in the fryer and then it's got mozzarella cheese inside of it. And then you can just top it however you want. So it's very, it's very basic. And like me personally, it's not my favorite thing. Like I'm really not a huge <laughs> fan of it. Uh, but people love it. I mean, some people, they're obsessed with it, and that's all they get there. And so that's part of the reason we kept it was because it still people want it. And some people will top it with burger toppings, like ketchup, mustard, pickle, like, that's really, wow. really common. Like, a lot of people, that's what they get on it is burger toppings. And you wouldn't really expect that. But they love it. And then you have some people that they get marinara and add more mozzarella cheese to it. And so, or, and some people just eat it plain. It's, it's one of those weird things. It's, it's just something that you don't, you can't really get anywhere else. We have, we have a guide from Florida every year asks us if we can ship him a whole box of them. Because he loves them. And that's what he wants. And we haven't quite gotten to that stage of shipping it, but... Uh, you know, but we have some people that come up and they'll buy, they'll buy a whole bunch of them in bulk from us just to take back to have over the winter and they'll cook them themselves at home. So it's, it's a different item that you just don't see at other places. And, uh, so that's part of the reason we keep it because it's something different and people love it. So when your family originally took over the restaurant, I'm, I'm sure that there was a great amount of excitement, you know, because it's something that you love. It's something that was special, but there's also kind of a pressure that comes with that, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's this thing that people love. Yep. And, yeah, th- there's, like, a great responsibility in taking over it, but you, d- you also don't want to screw it up. Right. Because if you ruin this, like, a lot of people are going to be affected by it. What was that pressure like for you guys, and how did you navigate that? Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that, you know, the Dairy Chef had pretty much been the same way it was for, you know, 30, 40 years at that point. It really hadn't changed much uh, as far as, like, the ice cream and the menu and all that stuff. It was pretty much the same. So when we took over it, it was trying to find that balance of what do we change and what do we not change because we don't want to change the Dairy Chef to where it's something completely different because we thought about changing the name. We thought about not even calling it the Dairy Chef. What was it going to be? We honestly never even landed on a name. Like, we, okay. we, we couldn't 
we couldn't really quite figure out one that we really liked. And so we just, at that point, we were like, you know what, let's just keep the Dairy Chef and we'll go from there and maybe we'll change it later. Because um, we just, we weren't sure. But uh, so it was weird to find that balance of trying to keep it the same way, but also trying to make the changes that we think are going to make it more successful. Because we weren't in it just to, you know, own this restaurant and just make some money and call it good. Like we wanted to make something great. We wanted to make a restaurant that people, more people wanted to go to. We wanted to bring in more customers. We didn't want just the same customers that were already at the Dairy Chef. We wanted to get more customers and we wanted more people to experience it. So it was, a lot of it was just trying to make sure that we made the right moves to keep the customers that Dairy Chef already had, but also bring in new customers that, you know, the people that had never been to Dairy Chef. So it was, it was that fine line of finding, you know, what things, and we had some angry customers, some, you know, Dairy Chef people that had been there a long time. Some of the stuff were changed. They were some of them that were pretty upset with some stuff, but at the same time, you know, we had to make the changes that we felt were best for the restaurant to, you know, make it successful. And so that's what we did. How have you seen Dairy Chef grow and evolve most in the past decade? Honestly, it's it's just crazy how it's one thing that's really interesting is how many people still don't know about the Dairy Chef. I meet a lot of people in Omaha that literally have no clue that it even exists. Blows my mind. It, yeah. it is. It's funny. And so I'm always like, okay, well that means there's more people out there to reach. And so then it's okay, let's find more ways to reach more people that don't know about it. And and but every year it's busier and busier. And honestly, the, we really haven't done like a lot of advertising because for the most part, it's been word of mouth. And honestly, just you drive by a dairy chef. Usually you're like, why is that place so busy? And then people start looking it up and, you know, and, and trying to figure stuff out. So we haven't had to do a whole lot of actual advertising to really gain more customers. Most of it's again, word of mouth. And you see the place where it's got a long line and they're like, well, that place must be pretty good. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's just, it's been, it's been crazy to see it grow because it's grown way bigger than we ever expected it. We never, ever thought it would be as busy as it is. It's just 10 times busier than we ever expected, which is awesome. And it's really cool. And, uh, it's so every year it's just figuring out ways to keep up. That's really what we're, we always work on every year. We've made a bunch of changes almost every year. We, we change something on the inside because we're trying to figure out ways that we can get product out faster and make it more efficient because we know we're going to have more customers the following year. And so it's a, uh, it's a fun, it's a fun atmosphere. It's a fun workplace, but it's exhausting. That's for sure. I have no doubt about that. And I, I think another thing that I wanted to hit on that's been important to your growth is your social media accounts are really active. And I think that that's something that's interesting because a lot of really established restaurants or eateries, I find if they even have mm -hmm. social media accounts, they barely post or they barely yep. share because it's, it's just like, well, our, our place is known. People mm -hmm. know about us. They've heard about us. We don't need to be out there yep. telling people you guys are posting at least four to five times a week about a special of the week or you're, mm -hmm. you know, if somebody tags you guys in an Instagram story or a post, you're yep. sharing it. What's your strategy behind being, proactive on social media and still being so aggressive and not just saying, okay, people know Dairy Chef, but yep. we want more people to know it. Let's share here. Yeah. I mean, so one of the great things with social media is, you know, that's free advertising and free marketing. And so that's one of the reasons it's really important and good to take advantage of it. And so I started running our social media, you know, back when we first bought it. 
And I did some, like I, I wasn't that I didn't have a lot of time or, you know, the huge desire to try and like really stay hard at it. Uh, but you know, I was the one that posted the cookie sandwich for the first time when I rolled it in candy. Cause we, we had that cookie sandwich for probably four years or so. And, uh, it was just plain, just the cookies and the ice cream. That was it. And so one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to roll this in some peanut butter cup and I'm going to put it on social media. And that's when the cookie sandwich took off and blew up. And now, you know, we sell, you know, I mean, thousands of them. It's insane. Uh, but that was because of social media. And because we had a little bit of a following and, you know, you post something that looks really good like that, that's going to get people to come in. And uh, we just have, we have a really good following of people that, genuinely love the dairy chef and if you post something that looks good you know you post a, you post a food item or an ice cream item that looks really good it makes people want to go get it and that's why you kind of got to use the social media to your advantage and my wife took over running the social media this year because she's way better at it than I am and so she's the one that is always making sure we get stuff posted she's the one that's sharing other people's you know they send us their tags and their stories and stuff and she's way better at that stuff than I am so she's been the one this year that's been spearheading that so it's uh, it's it's an important aspect for honestly any business in a restaurant business specifically. You can do really well at it if you just work really hard at it. So. Mm-hmm. And I think your wife does an excellent job, and and I just want to point out, like I think when people hear, oh, you know, I manage a social media account for X mm-hmm. restaurant or whatever, it's just like, okay, well, that takes five minutes a day or whatever. No, 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 it it, it's it's hours mm-hmm. and hours. I mean, just for myself personally, I spend hours a week on social media posting yep. things like I can't even imagine how many hours are dedicated to it at the yeah. restaurant so I just I want to shout that out and just say that's yeah that's a legit job yeah. right there when people like have companies that or they have a job position that literally just does social media most people you know will laugh at it and think like that's you know that's not a job but it, it's a job like it and it and it can bring in a lot of income I mean so like there's reasons that companies have social media strategists and and, uh, yeah, it's, it's something that it can take a lot of work and you got to know how to do it all. And so you got to learn how to do it all. It's just like anything, you know, it's a, it's a skill and people might think that's funny because it's social media, but there's a, there's a lot to social media that a lot of people don't know about. Right. Michael, this has just been an awesome conversation. I thank you for it. Before we get out of here, I got to ask you just as you look back at growing up in uh in Elkhorn and going to the Dairy Chef and now being a part of it and your family has kind of taken it from one level and taken it to the next and it continues to grow and grow and grow how important is it for you that you've not only been able to preserve the legacy of something that's so important to you but kind of carry it on and take it to the next level I mean we I love that we still feel like a small town I mean when I grew up Elkhorn was still a small town and you know, when we got annexed and, you know, obviously Omaha has grown into us, like, you know, we don't quite have that small town feel anymore like we used to. But I feel like Dairy Chef still is that slice of the small town. And that's something that I love about it. And that's some, something I would never change. Like, I, I would never want to become a big chain restaurant or become this corporate type restaurant. Uh, we just want to keep that small town feel and, you know, keep people coming in that feel like they're at a you know, just a small little place that is not your big 
crazy restaurant. I mean, it is crazy, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's a, we it's li- crazy and calm yeah. at the same time yeah. somehow, which it makes is. no sense at all, but yeah. just go and experience yeah. it. You'll see. Yep. Absolutely. And, and we just, that's, that's the thing we love about it. We just, we don't want to be that, that, you know, big corporation type place. We just, we want people to feel welcome there. We want them to enjoy their time not feel rushed when they're there, you know, relax, hang out, you know, meet some people, let your kids run around, you know, that's just the kind of place that we want to be. And that's the the way we're going to keep it as long as we possibly can. So I love that. So, I mean, we talked about it. It's mind blowing that there are people that haven't heard about the dairy chef. And I'm guessing a lot of people who are listening to this right now probably have. If you are one of those people that hasn't, you got to go check it out. You can go get a great burger. You can get a roast beef sandwich, chicken tenders, all those classic like drive-in staples are excellently done at the Dairy Chef. But I mean, you got to go get some ice cream. Go get a storm. Go get one of those amazing cookie sandwiches. Go get an ice cream cone as big as your head. This is the type of place that you go one time and you're just like, yep, I see why there's a line of 30 people and I'm happy to go back and stand in it. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time this morning and coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. Thanks for having me on. And Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.